your hands I want you to ask God to open your heart and your mind to his word today I want you to say dear Lord Jesus I want you to open my mind and my heart by the Holy Spirit to hear what the word of God is saying to the church come on pray that prayer oh God help me not to be distracted by my phone Lord, let me put my phone on silent or turn it off right now. Lord, let me not be distracted by what I'm doing today or what I've got to do this week. But Lord, let my mind be in you. Let my mind be in one accord with your people and with your word. In the name of Jesus, I declare victory in this house. I declare victory in every home. Uh, by the name and the blood of Jesus, I dare. Ah, uh, yeah, I declare victory over fear. Uh, I declare victory over anxiety by the blood in the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the, if you're online, come on, lift your hands in your living room. Uh, if you're here today, uh, I want you to say, Lord, I trust you, Lord. Uh, I believe, Lord, that you have all things under your control, in your hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Does anybody else feel what Brother Stefan and I are feeling this morning? Does anybody else feel that hand of God in this room? Does anybody else feel? If you're sick in your body, I want you to lift. Come on, lift your hand. And as we pray again, I want you to declare, I have victory. Name whatever disease it is. Come on, uh, lift your hands right now. I have victory uh, over my blood pressure. I have victory um, over my diabetes. Uh, I have victory over every disease that would come against me. Uh, for I am a child of God. I have victory uh, over cancer by the blood uh, in the name of Jesus. I have victory. Uh, not by might, not by power, but by the name and the blood of Jesus, 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 Jesus. I have victory in my mind this morning. Come on, say it. I have victory in my mind. Come on, say it. Come on, say it, Jesus. I plead your blood on my mind this morning. Come on, say that. In Jesus' name, I plead your blood on my thoughts, on my mind, on my spirit. I declare the name of Jesus. He is my King. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we raise it high today. The Spirit of the Lord is here to give you hope today. To lift your spirit, lift up your head, oh ye people. Come on, lift your head up. Let the Holy Spirit, let the sin of the weak water off your back because the grace of Christ is covering you. Don't continue in the sin. Turn from it. But know that when you repent, that God is faithful and just to forgive you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Do not believe the lie of Satan. You are a child of God. 
you are righteous in his eyes you are righteous in his eyes you didn't hear me I said you are righteous because you're a blood-bought child of the king of kings and lord of lords someone say in Jesus name let me tell you let me tell you just before you're seated before you're seated then we're gonna I'm gonna let you be seated in the name of the Lord but I just want to I want to tell you what you and I together everybody shout together someone shout we got to go forward (laughs) yeah it's forward let me tell you what you did last Sunday last Sunday you gave over a thousand dollars to the country of Ukraine and the efforts that we are partnering with there and I want to show you what you did I want to show you this is the group of people that your thousand dollars It rented that bus behind them and they were able to escape into a place of Poland and be able to be free. This group of people, they say thank you in Jesus' name. You may be fighting a battle today, but let me tell you something. Don't focus on your battle today. I want you to focus on their battle. I want you to focus on your neighbor's battle because when you begin to fight their battle, God comes and fights your battle. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. Do we have the other picture, uh, Sister Sarah? I, no, okay, great. So this is the group that you, uh, uh, there are several other pictures that they sent, but I just wanted to tell you that you are making a difference around the world. In the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be pestilence. There will be things uh, that we are seeing uh, every day on our news. Uh, Jesus is coming uh, soon. I'm going to ask you today, are you ready? to meet your Savior, your King of Kings. Are you like John uh, waking up in the morning and saying, Dear Lord Jesus, come quickly, I pray. Uh, Come today. Uh, I want to thank you. These fine folks want to thank you from the bottom of their heart. Pastor Alex sends his love. And I'm going to tell you something today. I want to thank Pastor uh, Keller as well as he has made us aware and been the conduit to get the money to them. I so appreciate the Kellers in Grand Rapids. They are amazing people. In fact, you're going to meet them this year. I'm excited about that. In any way, so I just wanted to let you know, when you give, someone say, when I'm generous, God is going to bless you. Someone say amen. Someone's going to say amen. Our generosity, we have Can I just say it? God has been so good to me. God has been so good to us. I want you to thank God that he was able to bring these people out and into Poland. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We continue to pray for all that is going on, for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are still stuck in Ukraine. About a million refugees have left this country and there are 39 million left. There's still much to do. There's still many that need to be reached. There is revival, by the way, in the midst of this great tragedy. God is moving upon his people. Pastor Alec is still declaring the word. He is still preaching. And in some of the other foes they sent, they have a small gathering in a gymnasium that they have just begun to say, you know what, we may not be in our home city, but wherever we are, we are going to gather in the name of Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that name. Amen. One more time, give God a praise that we are here, that we are together, that God is working through us. Hallelujah. 
Amen. 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 You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Thank you, our amazing worship team, as they have brought us into the present. The Holy Ghost is in this house. He is here. He is working with us, and he wants to deal with every heart that is here today. Last week, we talked to you about new seasons. Can you say that? New seasons. Let's say it one more time. New seasons. I talked to you about how God is calling us to tend our soil, to break up our fallow ground, to be in a place where we are not so focused on all of this, but we're focused on this. We're focused on the seasoning of our heart, the soil of our heart. Am I praying like God? Do I know the Word of God like I should know the Word of God? What am I doing to soften the soil? Rain comes, seasons change. We are going to have tomorrow a big rainstorm here in Michigan. You saw the winds, March winds bring what? April showers, right? And we know that that change of season, today it's going to be about 65 degrees and you're going to feel and smell that change of season. It's coming, it's here, something's happening. Uh, the world is tipping back on its axis and there is an altitude change. There is an attitude change. There is something that's happening uh, and it is the start of a new season. Not only in nature, but in the church of the living God. Last week we talked to you about how God is bringing us to this season and how we need to tend the soil of our soul in order to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Today, though, I want to examine the story, a story that is so familiar, a story that you will have a memory of as a Sunday school child, maybe, or that you heard your grandparents talk. It's the story of Abraham. Father Abraham, the father of all of the nations of Israel, the father of us, we find from the book of Genesis. We're going to observe some things that God required of Abraham as he entered into a new season of promise. Someone shout a new season. Abraham was a man that God called out of sin. Abraham was a man that God said, I want you to come out from your homeland, the, the city of Ur. That word Ur literally translated means uh, the city of sin. I want you to come out from sin and I want to designate you and I want to show you a land uh, that I'm going to bring you to. It's a land of milk and honey. It's a land of promise. Uh, and so Abraham went out and he did not know, the Bible says, where he was going. But he had faith in this God that spoke to him and uh, he decided I better leave this city because uh, sin is not as good as the promise I have from God huh? there has to be a moment in our lives that we trust God more than we trust our flesh there has to be a moment in our lives where we decide to do something that is bold and out of the ordinary in order to see the extraordinary. There are moments that God calls us. He left his homeland and, and God began to show him what he was up to. He showed him the promise that he had designed for his life. He promised him a son. 
an heir. He promised him. We know the story. Abraham heard that promise and he got tired of waiting on that promise. And he even tried to interrupt God's plans and, and have his own promise. But God was having none of it. And God said, Abraham, you're going to do it my way or you're not going to do it at all. There was a moment in Genesis 15 that Abraham is frustrated with God. Abraham's not happy with God. God, you said you were going to do this. Now prove it to me. We can see in the voice of Abraham that there was a moment of maybe doubt or a shaking of his faith. And God drug him outside in the middle of the day and says, I want you to go count the stars. I want you to realize today, I'm not going to preach about this, but it's so powerful that you can't see stars in the middle of the day. You have to trust God that they're there. There was a moment where God said, Abraham, because of your faith, I'm going to count it unto you as righteousness. Abraham, that night, was visited by a flaming furnace uh, as he offered a sacrifice to God. And then a son was born. Then we find Isaac was brought to this earth. At 100 years old, uh, Abraham finally found uh, that there was a promise that comes. Someone shout, the promise came. And we can see that God reaffirmed that promise and uh, Isaac begins to grow in the Lord and I imagine his dad is so proud and man God came through and God is making a way uh, God reaffirms his promise to Abraham over and over and over again but we catch up uh, with Abraham beginning to start a new season. Someone say new season. Uh, we find here in Genesis chapter 22 that Abraham is entering into a new season. A season that he was not totally comfortable with. In chapter 22 and verse 1 it says, Some time later God tested Abraham's faith. He had been doing great. He had all his promise. He had his son. He had his cattle and his people and everything seemingly, oh, there was some bumps in the road, but it seemingly was smoothed out. But sometime later, God says, Abraham, it's time for you to be in a different season. Abraham, I'm going to test you because the season that I'm taking you will not only affect you, but it will affect the promise of future generations. It was here that the Bible says God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Here I am. It was in these three words that we find the essence or the key to the season of change. In a change season, in a place where God is calling us to, it's never easy. Can I get an amen? Nobody likes change. Can I get an amen? We don't like when we change jobs. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. We don't like when we change the chairs around because now i got to find the chair I used to have. And we are creatures of habit. We are creatures that resist change. But God says there is a time of change. And Abraham was being tested. Abraham was entering a new season. And God was waiting for this one response. Here I am. 
That response spoke to God to say, Abraham still trusts me and Abraham was receptive. Now mind you, Abraham had not heard what God had planned, but he trusted like he did when he left his hometown and did not know where he was going. Abraham spoke that he knew there was a new season coming. But there was a requirement, a test of faith to go from this place in God to the next place. You see, it's one thing to have a promise. It's another thing to live that promise out and see it fulfilled by the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. Many carry promises, but they never fulfill their own actions to see the promises come to pass. Because when God steps on your ship, when God steps on the bow of your life, and he says, oh, by the way, I'm going to test your faith right now. It is up to us to say, here I am. We hear this word as we see Abraham respond to God, as he had responded to him in times past. But in verse 2, he begins, hear God today. Uh, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac. Not Ishmael, the one that was not the child of the promise, but your only promise. I want you to take that one thing that you love more than you love yourself. I want you to take that one thing that you love more than any other item or thing in this world. Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. We find that this promise, <laughs> oh, I was reminded this week as I was praying and fasting over this particular message about some of the promises that God made me 15 years ago that I'm just now seeing come to pass. That I'm seeing grow in my family. That I'm seeing acknowledgments in the Holy Ghost. That I'm seeing things that I've waited. His, our, our, my wife, uh, Lisa Marie, has waited. We have waited. We have questioned. We have wondered. Uh, but there was a moment uh, about three years ago that God said, you better put all this on the altar because if you don't put it on the altar, then I can't perform the miracle that I'm trying to perform. Uh, you better put her health on the altar. You better put cancer on on the altar. You better put multiple sclerosis on the altar. You better put your children on the altar. Uh, you better put your grandchildren on the altar. Uh, you better put the church of God on the altar. Uh, you better put Pineview on the altar. Uh, you better put relationships on the altar. Uh, why God? Uh, because I've got to be willing to say here I am. When he said here I am, it moved him from comfort to uncomfortable from a place of going along to a place of awkwardness. We find uh, that he says, I want you to go to the land of Moriah and I want you to sacrifice your son, but I want you to sacrifice him on a mountain that I will show you. He knew the area, but he did not know the place. Once again, as he left Ur, he finds himself where God asked him to trust him with his life, with his promise, with his son.
It's here that we begin to see what God has been speaking to me so strongly about. You've got to take your promise, <laughs> what you love, and you must sacrifice it. Can I tell you something? God will never ask things that you hate for you to sacrifice them. God will never show up and say, you know that stuff that you can't stand? Would you sacrifice that unto me? No, no. Always it will come from a place of love. The things that we care so deeply about that they can rule us and overrule God in our lives. Ah, oh, you need to hear me today. You've got to take that promise and obey God. You must go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice that on an altar, a burnt offering, one of the mountains of which I will show you. On that specific mountain, on that specific place, in a certain land, God called him. I want you to notice this because we have to step back. Why was God so specific? Why didn't God just say to Abraham, I want you to go to some land and I want you to find a mountain and I want you to go up it and I want you to find a, a place and you can build an altar there and then I'll, I'm going to show. The reason I believe without a doubt that there is a moment in time where God is specific about his plans for your life. Your life is not your own. If you're a part of the Christ body of Christ, you know. Come on, someone say amen. I, I am not my own. I am bought with a price. But Abraham had to understand that I need you to go to a certain land. Someone shout certain land. Uh, I need you to go to a particular mountain. Come on, say a particular mountain. Uh, and I need you to find that absolutely right spot that I will show you. It wasn't enough to go to the land. It wasn't enough just to go to the mountain. God says, there's a particular spot that I will show you. I began to ask myself this week, God, have I been trying to find my own mountain? Have I climbed up hills that you were never at the top? Have I, in my life, Yes, I will answer. And yes, I have spent time repenting before the Lord over the last several weeks about mountains that I climbed. And when I got to the top, I was frustrated because I realized when I got in trouble and I began to sacrifice, there was no ram in the thicket because the ram was on a certain place. The ram was in a certain mountain. The ram was in a certain land. In my life and in yours, we find that if we do not take note specifically of what God is trying to do to us. Hear me today. I don't think that I have climbed mountains that are bad mountains. No, I've climbed many mountains. At the top of them, good things happened and good things happened uh, with other people. And I, I was able to do wonderful things. Uh, but when I got there and began to sacrifice, there was still a hole inside of me uh, because I knew something was not right. Uh, I had climbed the mountain that I wanted. You see, the mountain I wanted, the view was prettier when I got to the top. Uh, uh, other travelers had told me about how the ease of that mountain, there's a worn path and it's really nice and there's a, an inn along the way and some cool streams. Uh, I, I found myself realizing that when I choose my own mountain, uh, I choose it not because I'm being spiritual but because I'm being carnal and because I want what my flesh wants. 
take your ease. I, I want there to be a less strenuous mountain. I don't like to climb tall mountains. I don't know if you've ever climbed a mountain, but I have. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's no fun. Your legs burn like they're going to fall off. Literally, you feel like your legs are just going to pop off because they burn so hard. And so you're climbing and climbing and going and twisting and turning and you, and you sit down and you pant. But you see, Abraham had to decide, will I look for the mountain that God called me to or will I simply stop at the most convenient place? I'm, 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 I'm trying to paint a picture so that you understand what God is saying to you, to this church, and to me. Are we climbing the right mountain? God has said to you in this message, are you climbing the right mountain? Our prayer should not be, oh God, reveal to me all the things that you want me to do. No, we need to start praying a very simple praying. Lord, uh, take me to the land, uh, show me the mountain, uh, and give me the place. Uh, and then I will sacrifice unto you. And there will be a ram in the thicket. The next morning, the Bible says that Adam, uh, sorry, Abraham got up early and he saddled his donkeys and took two of his servants and, 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 and along with him and his son Isaac and he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and, and set out for the what? Come on, say it. For the what? For the place God had told him about. He wasn't setting out for just any place. It was a particular place he had in mind. I want you to notice in this story the silence of Abraham. I want you to notice that up until this point, he has spoken nothing about what God said in verse 2. He hasn't told his son, I'm going to sacrifice you, boy. I'm going to, you know, stab you in the heart and burn you as a burnt sacrifice. He hasn't come over to his servants and says, well, boys, uh, you got to help me go to this mountain because I'm, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice my son. No, uh, we find that Abraham is very, very silent. Watch this as, as we read on. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up. Everybody shout, looked up. He didn't look down, Brother, brother Ben. He wasn't uh, mully-grubbing about, man, I can't believe i got to go sacrifice. No, there was something in his spirit that was full of faith. There was something in his heart uh, that said, uh, if God is going to kill him, then God is going to have to raise him up again uh, because my promise is yea and amen, uh, and I'm going to live to my promise. My God is able. But he still had to go do it, Brother Carl. With all that faith, he still had and so the Bible says Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Uh, listen to me. Too many times in our lives we hear God say go, but we choose a different place. We choose our own mountain. We choose to sacrifice our own stuff in our own way. And we choose to, to do it in the wrong spot. And then we wonder why we feel far from God or unfulfilled in our ministry. We tell ourselves that, well, this land needs God. Uh, it's not Moriah. It, it, it's Judea or, or it's uh, oh, wherever uh, I decide. I don't like Moriah. Moriah is, you know, it's got bumps and it's got, it's a hot climate and, oh, it's too cold or whatever. I'm, I'm going to go over here. And I, I remember a story about the Jonah and how he ran from God and how God said, no, you can't run from me. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that running and I feel that in my spirit that too many of us are running from what God is wanting in our lives uh, and we're trying to get away from his will not because we don't love Jesus uh, but we know that it's going to require 
a mountain climb. God said and has told me, if you decide your own mountain and you decide your own land and your own place, you can build all the altars you want, but I'll never have a ram in your thicket. I'll never provide a way of escape because you see, you cannot, listen, disobey me and expect my promises to be sure and amen. Am I helping anybody today? You're being quiet on me, but I'm going to preach anyway because God in the convicting power of the Holy Ghost is in this house. I'm challenging some of your thoughts. I'm challenging some of your ideas. I'm challenging some of you to a new place, a new season, because if you don't get to a new season, you're going to find yourself frustrated and you're going to find yourself in a particular place where God is not. We find here that what you heard God say to me is, is that I need, to, I need to descend off this mountain. Brother Ben, I, I, I've found out in my 53 years of living that it's okay to say I was wrong. Uh, you know what, I missed that one. I, I feel like we, wow, I, I need to repent for that. Can I say, can anybody shout amen? I, I, I'm, I'm not too proud to say that uh, I'm going to submit myself to the will and the moves of God more than the will and the move of Nate Nix. There has to be a decision in my spirit and in your spirit and in this church's spirit that says we desire a new season more than we desire to stay in the old season. Some of you want to buy snowmakers. I know I'm joking, but you want to keep winter going. And in the middle of July, you're out there making snow because you refuse to move on to another season. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that God is calling this pastor and this church to not try to, well, fake it till we make it. No, we need real, authentic power of the Holy Ghost to move us to a season of change, a season of tending our soil, a season of growth a season of miracles, signs, uh, and wonders, a season of fasting. Uh, I said a season of fasting, uh, a season of prayer, uh, a season of Holy Ghost Church, uh, a season of people being slain in the Spirit. Uh, it's not time uh, to stay in the winter. Uh, it's time to come out. It's time for spring. It's time for a new season. Can you smell it in the Holy Ghost? Can you feel it in the spirit realm? Uh, if you were here for men's prayer, and a lot of you weren't because you're women, uh, and next this coming Saturday you can be here in the powerful move of God for women's prayer. If you weren't here in men's prayer, this place was alive with the Holy Ghost. It was alive with power and fire. There are men and women that are on fire for God. Why? Because we're looking up and we realize there are wars and rumors of wars. We are living in the last days and I am going to see the mountain that God wants me to climb. And I'm going to go do what God has called me to do. And I'm going to do what is right before God before I do what is expected before man. Uh, I wish I could get some help in this house. 
I wish somebody online would give me a hand clap or a hallelujah or an amen. I wish somebody would say, Pastor, I feel the Holy Ghost in fire. This is not about just hype. God is not interested in our excitement. He wants to be in awe of his glory. I don't want excitement. I want the glory of God in this house. I want Holy Ghost and fire to pour out on each and every one of us. I want our homes healed. I want our bodies healed. I declare victory in the name of Jesus. Ah, I feel something stirring in this place. I feel like the Holy Ghost is waking somebody up. It's not time for sleep. It's not time for sleep. It's not time for slumber. <laughs> it's time to be awake in the Holy Ghost. I'm aware of the time, but I'm going to do what God's telling me right now. What I hear God say to me is I need to descend off some mountains that he's not going to show up on. I got to get off some mountains that he never intended for me to climb. Because when I get to the top, I want to see God's glory. I want to see his presence. I want him to show up on time. I want him to receive the sacrifice that I have made, but only by his will and by his grace have I made it. I want there to be a divine intervention. I want my sons and my daughter to be able to say, something snapped in dad. Something happened in 2021, 2022. I don't know, but there was a spirit of weariness that came, but we rebuked it in Jesus' name. And God has said, it's time for a new season. Mm. Uh, come on, someone clap their hands unto the Lord today. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to close. Hear me today. Hear me. Uh, Sister Bree, here it is. Brother Ben, here's the crux. I found the mountain. I found the land, Moriah. I found... The particular mountain. Abraham looked up and said, there it is. I see it in the distance. The Lord revealed to him, that's the mountain. But Abraham had one more thing he had to do before he could climb the mountain. You see, earlier in the scripture we find that Abraham took two servants with him. Hear me today. And in verse 5, this is what it says. He tells and turns to his servants, uh, uh, stay here with the donkeys. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. I want you to stay here with the donkeys. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. Why did Abraham not take those two servants to the mountaintop? You see... They still had wood to carry. <laughs> they still had fire to carry. They still had 
the items that were meant and had to have for the sacrifice and the building of that altar. They were there to show, we're going to lift you up. We're going to... They had carried it from the land they were coming from. And now that they're in Moriah at the mountain, Abraham says, no, I want you to stay here. I'm going to tell you why and the Lord showed me very clearly. The reason Abraham left his servants at the bottom of the mountain is because those two strapping servants would have never let Abraham kill his son. There's some people in our lives, some things in our lives, some situations in our lives that we better leave at the bottom of the mountain because they are going to prevent us from doing what God has told us. They will speak into our lives things that God did not speak. They will be things. They will wrestle our promise away from us, all in the guise or in the spirit uh, of I'm saving you. I'm doing the right thing. Uh, and in their carnal eyes, I can see where the servants would say, we did the right thing. Uh, we prevented a murder today. Uh, we are right. We're righteous. Uh, and they're not wrong on some level. But you see, God is saying to the church, uh, you could not see what I need you to see. You need to see into the spirit realm where Abraham was seeing. Because Abraham understood very clearly, I can't tell my boy what's going to happen because he may not be willing to go up this mountain. I cannot tell those two servants. I cannot even let them. I've still got to carry stuff. I still got to get up there. But I'm going to leave them at the bottom of the mountain because if I take them, they will prevent the promise that God's trying to birth in my life the test of faith that's fixing to happen they can't handle can I tell you something there's some things that we're going to see God do in this last hour that there will be people that cannot handle what God is requiring of you and if you're not careful if you do not, it does not mean look when they came back down the mountain they rejoined the servants this is not about removing yourself from people's lives or getting rid of them or cutting them off or not letting them. No, it's about being careful with what you say and do around people that don't see spiritual things. Because this pastor, I'm going to teach and train you and this church to stop looking so much in the physical I'm asking God, I prayed this morning that God would open your eyes to the spirit realm. Uh, Travis and Trenice, they're, they've been coming around here for a long time, but they're really here right now because the Holy Ghost has got a hold of them uh, and, and, and he's t t t twisting them every which way. <laughs> Travis has started a prayer life and Trenice has started a prayer life. Brother Dan, Sister Ken, they've been having... They've been having living room prayer meetings and baptizing people in their bathtubs. And I don't know what all they're doing over there, but I do know that there's a fruit of the Spirit that's coming out of them. And I'm going to tell you something. A couple Sundays ago, I walked out into that foyer, and Travis was over there, and he walked toward me. He started crying. And he began to prophesy to his pastor. He started out by saying, I may be out of line. 
I don't know what I'm doing, but the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I must say this to you. And he told me that God is going to make us from lambs into lions and that he is going to provide ways that we, we cannot understand or see that there's going to be things that happen. Uh, and that there were people standing around us. Uh, and I looked up, there were about four guys, five guys standing around us as he spoke this. And he was weeping and crying. And I looked up and all these other men around me are weeping and crying uh, because there was a Holy Ghost come in that room right in that place where two or three were gathered uh, and I said to myself uh, and out of the mouth of babes and sucklings will I speak to thy people you see longevity does not equal spiritual maturity what equals spiritual maturity is spiritual maturity study and fast and pray and believe and act and do so in my life I realized in that moment the Lord the Holy Ghost came and he just spoke to me and said, do not, do not dismiss this as just a young saint on fire. This is a word from me and I will use it for my glory. It was in that moment, Brother Travis, I've never told you this, that God began to put and build fire under the heart of this pastor. It was in that moment that I realized I'm not here for the past, God is calling me to the future generations. I'm not here just to have good church. I'm here to plant people by the rivers of living water so that in the next generation there is an apostolic church that knows and believes in miracles, signs, and wonders and knows that God is able to do what His Word says it will do. It's in this moment that I realized things are going to be different for me. It was in this moment that I realized I have got to make sure I'm climbing the right mountain. I've got to look back and say, you know what, man, I love you so much, but I need, I'm going to go to prayer today, and I need some alone time. Can you stay here? I'll come back, and we'll fellowship, and I love you. This has nothing to do with my love and my care for you, but there has to be a place that God has taken me that I'm not sure you're ready to handle yet. I'm not sure that you are able to see in the spirit realm. When you begin to fast and pray and obey God's word, uh, I believe that God's going to open your eyes like he did for the servant, uh, and he's going to show us what he is going to do. There is a spirit of a new season uh, and different things that will come we're baptizing <laughs> uh, a young lady this morning uh, in Jesus name <laughs> this beautiful couple has been coming around here for a while and I'm so thankful for them and I believe God has amazing things for them don't, don't be afraid. Listen, church of God, don't be afraid of new things when they are, what? Obedient to the word of God. Let me close. Come on, praise team. I got to close. I'm running late. Abraham said, stay here with the donkeys. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who is preventing what video is playing in your head that says you're unworthy and cannot lay hands on the sick and see them recover? 
Who says that when you come to God's house or you're in the line at Kroger's that you can't lift your hands and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance? What voice is speaking to you saying that you can't be a witness because you're so bad and you messed up so horribly and that you're not worthy? What voice has permission in your life to tell you uh, you're a nobody, you're never going to amount to anything, there's no room in ministry for you, there's nothing that you can do? Who spoke to you? I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't an angel, it wasn't the Holy Ghost, uh, it wasn't God Almighty, uh, it wasn't Pastor Nate, no, uh, it was the enemy of your soul uh, and God uh, is bringing you to a new season where there is boldness where your backbone goes I know the word of God and I stand on the word of God and I am going to do what God has called me to do come on give God a praise for that I'm going to go quick. God is speaking to us today. Can I get an amen? Amen. Abraham knew from the beginning what God was asking him to do. And so he understood that he couldn't tell anybody about the promise or the sacrifice that God was requiring. And so he left the two servants and he went to the mountain. He didn't just go any place on that mountain, by the way. The Bible says he went to a particular place on that mountain. And he built an altar and he sacrificed. So Abraham placed the wood and the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. And while he carried himself carried the fire and the knife, as the two walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Do you think for a minute that Abraham stuffed a young lamb in his back coat? Do you think for a second that Abraham said, well, I don't know if God's going to really do this, so I'm going I'm to carry a backpack when there's going to be a lamb in there and then we get to the top. I, I'm, no, no, there was no backup plan. Come on now. There was no backup plan. It was all or nothing. It was God or nothing. Too many times we have backup plans. I've had backup plans. Man, if I can just, woo, I'm a, man, let's have a, 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 Special singing, or let's do this. Uh, Woo, we got to hype them up. Let's go. Let's be excited. And God is saying to me right now and in this place to you, uh, it's not about excitement. Uh, Quit seeking signs. It's about are you willing to get in his presence and fall down in his glory and be in awe of what he is and who he is and what he's done. This is what Abraham said. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Verse 9 says, and when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, a specific place. I want to know, have you prayed and asked God if you're in the right mountain? If you're on the right mountain? See, we can all climb things. We can climb the, the ladder of, of success. We can climb the ladder of money. We can climb the ladder of, of, of all the things that we want. We can climb mountains that uh, are, are easier to climb. That we, we show up at church, and so it's, it's a good thing that we're there. We give in the offering. We, show, we support Ukraine, and, and we do some good things. But I'm asking today, is that really the mountain that God has you on? 
Is that the one that he showed you? Did he show you a mountain where there were no disciples in your life? Or did he show you a mountain where you never witnessed? Or did he show you a mountain where you never read his book and his love letters to you? Did he show you the mountain that did not include fasting and prayer? Did, did he? No. The mountain he showed you was a mountain full of prayer and fasting and his word. But it's sometimes a hard mountain. Can I get an amen? Watch this. They arrived at a place where God had told them, and Abraham built an altar. If you never build an altar in your life, you're never going to find the blessings of God or the promise of God. He arranged the wood. He tied his son Isaac. It's interesting that Isaac never spoke a word during this time. And laid him on top of the altar, on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up his knife to kill his son. And at that moment, someone shout, at that moment. <laughs> The angel of the Lord called from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, here am I. Here I am. He started with here I am. <laughs> when God was requiring, but he also understood that when God was saving, he could use the same three words. Here I am. I, I want salvation. I want deliverance. I, I want my promise to live. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. The Lord is asking, where are you? Are you with him? Are you for him? Are you listening to his voice? Are you responding to his word? Here I am. Don't lay hands on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you're truly fearing God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in its thorns in a thicket, so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. This is what verse 16 says. This is what the Lord says about Abraham. Because you have obeyed me, and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear on my name. You can read the rest of that chapter and he lists all the things that he promises Abraham. The promise of God in your life and in my life is totally dependent on our willingness to say, Here I am. I don't understand God what you're doing I don't get what's happening in the world post pandemic I don't understand why all that has happened has happened but Lord here I am who is here this morning that God is calling your name but you're too scared to answer him you've been hurt before and you have found things that have not agreed with you. The, the church hurt you. God never hurts you, though, when you obey Him. Who am I talking to today? Online and in this room. There is a call for a new season. See, I can't wait to get into some shorts and a t-shirt and go enjoy the 75 degree weather. Can I get an amen from anybody? You see, have you ever seen that person in the middle of summer still wearing a, a parka? You go someplace and you go, what in the world is going on? We were in Florida a few weeks ago and it got down to 70. And there were all kinds of people walking around 
with big down coats on. I'm thinking, my God, you got problems. But that's what it looks like in the Holy Ghost when you won't switch seasons. When you refuse to move to a new place. The place, not that Pastor Nate is telling you. Oh, no. The place that God will show you. Travis, you can't find that place from God. Try not to fall. Travis, you can't find that place unless you're talking to God. The reason Abraham heard is because he had been praying and fasting and he was in relationship with God. Too many of us, we want McDonald's God. Drive up, here's my order, get my order, consume my order, and get fat from it. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And God is saying, I need you to go to the garden. I need you to dig up your own fallow ground. I need you to plant your own seed. I need you to go to a place that I am calling you. It's not easy. You don't drive up to a window and someone hand it out. No, no, no. I'm calling you to your own relationship with the God of heaven and earth. I'm challenging you. Do you know your Bible? You know what your dad taught you, your mom taught you, your aunt, uncle, a previous pastor. I don't know. But do you know your Bible? Do you know the love letters he has given to you? Well, yeah, I know. the. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the casual relationship that we have had with our Bible. I'm talking about do you know the word? Because if you don't know the word, you're not going to know your promise. You're not going to know what's right and wrong. You're not going to know the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. God is calling us. God is calling you to be willing to find a place of prayer and say, Lord, it's a new season. I've been through a lot, but I'm trusting that I smell in the spirit realm a new day. I smell the worship and the praise of his people. I feel a stirring in my spirit You show up for ladies' prayer this coming Saturday. You're going to find a place that's on fire with the Holy Ghost. You show up for men's prayer the previous, next week. We've extended men's prayer to the next Saturday, the third Saturday. And we're going to blow this place up with the Holy Ghost. uh, Because you see, there's some men that are willing to cry out and say, Enough is enough. We are going to find our God. And we're going to see Him move. Michael, I've I've told everybody what I believe God has spoken to me. And I don't know what else to do. I don't know what you will do with this. The Spirit of the Lord has showed me that some will conceive it and bring it in. They will begin to plant fresh harvest in their new soil. But I am believing that God wants every single one of us to say, it's time to get rid of the parka. Spring has sprung. It's time to move with the Holy Ghost. Come on, stand with me. Come on, sing. Sing it. Here I stand, Lord, my life is in your hand, Lord, I'm longing to see your deeds.
desires revealed in me. I give, I give myself away. Oh, yeah. I give myself away so you can use me. I want to remind you that on Wednesday night this week, I'll be teaching right here the word of the God about how you can be saved. You can't be engaged with the world and not engaged with God's word and be fed in your spirit. Find, a, find an altar. Who am I talking to today? Come on, find an altar today. Give myself away so you can use I give myself away. Find an altar. Here I Lift your hands all over this house, if you will. Come on. Listen to the Holy Ghost again. Come on, yeah. Oh, yeah. My life is now my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is now my own. I give myself to you. My life is not, my life is not my own to you. To you I belong. I give, I give myself, I give myself to you. Oh, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give, I give myself. I give myself to you, so I give, I give myself away. Oh, I give, give myself away, so you can eat. I give, I give myself away. Oh, I give myself away, so you. So my life is not my own, to you I belong, I give, I give myself, I give myself to you, Send so my life is not my own, to you I belong, I give, I give myself, I give myself. Is not my own. To you I belong. I give it all. I give it all. I give it all to you. Say my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give. I give myself. I give myself. Said I give myself, I give myself, I give myself. Oh, we give, we give, I give myself, I give myself. We lay it all down at the altar. I give, I give myself. I give myself. I 
give myself, I give myself, I give myself to you. So I give myself away. Oh, give myself away. So you can I give, I give myself away. I give, I give myself away. So you. 